The Hogs are going to Omaha. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. You can actually feel Razorback Stadium shaking underneath our feet right now. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Arkansas wins the national championship. What I say when it comes to this basketball team is the law. Absolutely and without discussion. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground ball. More democratic. This is the Halftime Pod, live from the College World Series, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. This year, it's been so much fun to watch a team that had so many question marks uh, and uh, new gears, essentially, in the in the engine working together and, and watching it all gel and turn into a, a College World Series team. Uh, but you've got to be honest when you look at the situation for your team right now, and uh, Arkansas is in trouble. There's no, way, there's no two ways to put it. You can't look at this and say, hey... The sun rises tomorrow, and it definitely does rise tomorrow. But that's the question. Are you still playing baseball when tomorrow comes up? And that's going to be the answer we're looking for later on today. And Arkansas right now uh, is uh, a team that uh, struggles uh, to face a pitcher that can change speeds. I think that's what you learn more than anything when you're watching them against uh, Florida State, against Drew Parrish on Saturday, uh, where we saw two two guys go... Uh, Mano Imano out there on the pitcher's mound, and it was uh, the lowest scoring game of the year for Arkansas. Their uh, second shutout loss, and this will tell you about shutouts sometimes because the other shutout loss came against Alabama, a team that didn't even make the SEC tournament. So uh, it's also one of those games that you walk away uh, scratching your head and, and thinking, well, how did that happen? And the answer sometimes is just it's baseball, and day to day it is a much, much different game. So uh, so now you're in a position where maybe you made plans for a couple of weeks here in Omaha. Maybe you made plans for at least a week, and then you'd figure you'd see where it was after that. Well, now here it is. It's just the the fourth day, I think, for a lot of people that came up. It's our sixth day here since I traveled with the team, and it could be the last full day unless the offense comes to life, unless the bullpen gives you some length. Uh, and, uh, hey, this is definitely a team that can do what happened last year we all heard about it already we all know and if you're a Razorback baseball fan you knew it you knew it anyway before the tournament started that Oregon State won the national title after losing game one in uh, the College World Series last year to North Carolina and if you think you didn't like the way Arkansas played on Saturday I remember watching that Oregon State uh, North Carolina game and it was one of the worst played games I think I'd ever watched actually for both teams it went over four and a half hours Oregon State made something like three or four errors they made base running gaps it just didn't look like a team that was really one of the best eight in the country and it turns out they were the best in the country it just it took a day uh, to shake them loose a little bit and maybe that's what Arkansas needed to shake it loose a little bit but they didn't play poorly. It was not a team that played a terrible game on Saturday. Uh, there might have been some, some at-bats that looked like there, there really wasn't much of a plan. Uh, and, and when you don't score over the course of nine innings, you'll look and say, well, this was, it was a failed game for your offense. And th- there's no doubt about that. But I think Arkansas hit the ball better than the five baits it showed. Uh, they obviously got a beautifully pitched game from Isaiah Campbell. Uh, they made nearly all the plays in the field. Uh, and even some tough ones. So it's, it, that, that was just one of those things. It's, it's sometimes, Ty, when it comes to baseball, you just got to scratch your head, shrug your shoulders, and be thankful that in a double elimination, 
that was your one that was your one elimination. And I'm not one usually to start with moral victories, but credit is due where credit is due. How about the performance by Isaiah Campbell? I know he wasn't credited with the win, but Phil, my goodness, 10Ks, a college World Series record. He was absolutely monstrous, absolutely incredible. Just and, and that's what's so weird: the fact that Arkansas got a performance like that, where he goes through seven innings, doesn't allow a run. And then yet, you're still looking at the scoreboard after the game disappointed. You leave seven guys in scoring position stranded. That's a stat that Arkansas at times this season has struggled with is leaving guys on base. And that was their Achilles heel on Saturday night. Well, and, and you really, I mean, this this is a team that I think should be able to win a 2-1 to ballgame or a one to nothing ballgame. I mean, the Arkansas does have the kind of pitching to win you a low-scoring game. But it hasn't happened very much this year. I mean, they've won some games up by th- with, with three runs, but Arkansas now has won just one game when scoring two runs or less. Uh, the record when scoring two runs or less is 1-9. and nine. And and you've only lost now. What is that? That's 19 losses this year. Nine of them when held to two runs or less. And you got to be able to win a 2-1 to one ball game in a baseball season. Uh, so I, hopefully that's not the case today. I think I think today... Uh, the bats ought to come alive, and they'll probably have to because this is going to be. Um, I'm not saying that 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 Texas Tech is is going to get up there and just score at will, but they'll put some pressure on Arkansas. I think this will be an interesting game to see how it's pieced together on the pitcher's mound time, and that's something that we'll get into throughout throughout this one hour show. Uh, there's a lot to really pack into this first hour, and then I'm going to disappear until the 12.30 beginning of the IMG pregame show. Uh, so, But here on ESPN Arkansas, we'll take you right on up to the IMG pregame show and then right up to first pitch, which will be 109. Uh, and uh, so so we've got some stuff coming up in this hour, obviously focusing on uh, the baseball game at hand. Uh, and then John Neighbors, who was my uh, quote-unquote partner in crime last night for a little bit here downtown Omaha. Um, we'll get into that. Yeah, I guess we'll have to. He's over at a breakfast place that I, I frequented once last year, and it's really good stuff. I hope I hope his show went well. So he'll be he he and Tommy Kraft and Ty Richardson will be taking you right up uh, to the beginning of the IMG pregame show as as we piece this Monday together. All the plans, I think, a lot of people that are listening, all the plans were sort of looking at a six o'clock first pitch today, but that was. That was based upon an Arkansas win on Saturday. So you had to scramble. That's that's what College World Series is about. It's about scrambling, even scrambling to get here. And then once you get here, you got to continue to scramble pretty much day after day, especially when you lose the first game. So we're like eggs getting scrambled. And that goes back to the idea that Arkansas, despite what looked to be a pretty easy road, comparatively to years past, to the College World Series final, Bill, it just goes back to the idea that Arkansas and whatever sport can never make it easy on themselves. They always find a way to do something to make the task at hand more difficult. And I know that Drew Parrish had a whale of a game on Saturday night. And I know Arkansas, not their Achilles heel. And it hasn't necessarily been a struggle, as you mentioned, but they have not fared as well against left-handed pitchers, specifically guys with breaking balls, really good curveballs, which Parrish had. He's a low-90s guy which you mentioned on Friday's broadcast, but his stuff was very good. And he was on, he played, I know he played with Fletch on Team USA. Was it Heston as well? No, curse that. It was Cro- uh, Cronin, Cronin was also on okay. But if you're, if you're on Team USA, 
you're a guy. Yeah. You are. I mean, they're not. They they don't pick. They don't pick schlubs for Team USA. Yeah, and so his record didn't jump off the page when Arkansas fans were looking at it this year. But you you kind of you didn't warn Arkansas fans you were like this guy's pretty good. Like there's a reason Martin went with him instead. Who's the who's their ace that they elected not to go with and they went with Parrish instead? Well, Parrish is really their ace. I mean, he's been their Friday guy, and and he was their ace last year. The two forty five earned run average last season. That's pretty darn good. Um, CJ Van Eck. Uh, is the other pitcher. He'll be pitching tonight against Michigan, uh, and he's got better numbers, but uh, not the not necessarily the track record or at least the previous season that, that Parrish had. So, you know, today you're going to face Caleb Killian. That was confirmed this morning by Texas Tech. Uh, so uh, Killian is, is also Texas Tech's dude. I mean, he is the, he's their guy. Uh, he leads them in wins with eight. He's made 16 starts, which is more than any of their other pitchers. Has a 393 earned run average, which again, this is a little bit misleading when you're just looking at, at overall statistics because uh, he's been he's been actually extremely good of late, uh, especially in conference. I mean, I looked at his last few starts, and Killian in his last what do I have him here at the last? That's the last eight starts he's made. It has a 266 ERA with. <laughs> And, and allowing less than one batter to reach per inning. So, I mean, it's going to be you're facing a pitcher who's actually had more success in the last two months than Drew Parrish had for the previous two months. But he is a righty, correct? He or, is a righty, and I think he's more of a fastball guy. Which, you know, not, not necessarily the off-speed stuff that you saw time after time from Parrish. And by the way, you might think that the batters are thinking to themselves, yes, I know this changeup is coming, so I'm not going to swing at it. But a changeup is designed to look like a fastball. It's designed to come out of the same arm slot as the fastball. That's what Parrish was doing. He, he did everything that a changeup specialist has to do to find success, which is get a little bit of, a little bit lucky at times, too. There were some atom balls. There was a great play that Flowers made on, on the fence by a drive off of Heston Kerstad's bat. It just, look, I'd, I'm not get, I don't believe in this Cinderella thing about Florida State with Mike Martin's last season. It's a great story, but that's not why they are where they are. This is a good baseball team right now that's won seven straight games in many different ways, whether they've outslugged an opponent, whether they've outpitched an opponent, <laughs> they, or whether they've given up a lead and then won an extra innings. They've won on the road. They've beaten three SEC teams now. This isn't Cinderella. This is a good baseball team, and they just happen to have a legendary head coach in his final season. That is along for the ride. Yeah, and I love to jump on the superstitions. I love to jump on anything that is conspiracy theory related or like inspirational stuff like that where it kind of ties into that whole thing. But I mean, you mentioned how many games. What is that? Have they won six or seven straight games? It's seven straight yeah. games. I mean, they've been on fire as of late, and this applies to any any team heading into tournament play. If you get hot at the right time, you get hot at the right time. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to win a bunch of games up front the top half part of your season. If you start to pick it up at the right time, that's going to typically bode well for you, and that's what's happening with Florida State. So if you're Arkansas fans, yes, you're disappointed. Yes, you really wish you could be playing at 6 o'clock tonight instead of 1 o'clock this afternoon. Yes, I wish I was over at T. Henry's Pub in downtown Omaha right now getting ready for an afternoon live broadcast with all sorts of people playing beer pong around me. But no, we're not. We're I here. know. I'm doing, the game. I'm doing this, this one-hour uh, ersatz pregame show up from the broadcast booth. I did. So it just adds to our locations now. <laughs> what is this? A place the number 32? Yeah, it's like 30. And it's, what, three there? 
because you've done it yeah. from hotel, hotel. Our, our, our executive meeting spot with a bird's eye view of the stadium and paratroopers, not parach- parachutists, practicing. Uh, and then T. Henry's, and now up here. And I we, talked to Trevor. We might as well find a new place to do it tomorrow. We'll exactly. be at T. Henry's, by the way, if we if, the, if Arkansas does win. Yeah, I talked to Trevor and Jack. You're probably going to get that worked out, and that's, again, contingent off Arkansas would win because Phil's going home if they don't. But I, I'm not ready to leave Omaha. I don't think anyone is. I don't think you, this team is ready to leave Omaha either. They you, had a great time yesterday. The team practiced at a high school in uh, East Bellevue and then went to uh, uh, Ofit Air Force Base for lunch. We actually sat there in uh, an airplane hangar. Uh, with a large and elderly reconnaissance aircraft that was manufactured in the early 1960s, and uh, it's still in use. They maintain it day after day after day. We met a lot of the service members, even people that are from Arkansas or were based in Arkansas, either uh, at Fort Smith or in Little Rock, uh, all Arkansas fans. They called the Hogs. We got to get a tour of that airplane. Uh, it was a great afternoon, really a great afternoon, with uh, with Arkansas's players and the coaches and support staff at, at Ofit Air Force Base. I think some of the guys came out here to watch last night's game. I was in attendance standing around on the outfield with our friend Max Hers, who covers uh, Vandy Boys Baseball, and watched just that ridiculous ending with Mississippi State uh, getting lucky uh, in the ninth inning. I mean, scoring four runs, you're not, it's not all on luck, but <laughs> ask Edward Julian about that. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it because I know we're going to wrap up that, but you guys just tag him. He's walking right back and just tag him when he walks mm-hmm. by it, but uh, Phil, I want to go back to something you said that I don't know uh, if a lot of Arkansas fans knew heading into this game this afternoon. Former Arkansas Razorback pitcher Bryce Bonin, many were expecting him to get the start today, but he's not. Who's starting today, and why do you think Texas Tech elected to go with him over Bonin? Well, I mean, because Killian's their best pitcher, and and that's what it comes down to. And if, to, if they were to lose, if they were to throw Bryce Bonin because it sounds like a good story, because he pitched in a couple handfuls of games for Arkansas last year. Even here in the College World Series, he pitched in a game against Texas. It sounds like it would be a great story, but if they were to lose that game and not have their best starting pitcher throw in this College World Series, then Tim Tadlock would get roasted over the coals. Why did Tadlock not go with him in the first game? Is this- because this is, how he, this is how they have done their weekends, okay. especially of late. They'd had Micah Dallas, a freshman, make the Friday starts for the last month and a half, and it has been Killian making the Saturday starts. So they just stayed with the same rotation for the College World Series. Uh, and I, and I kind of I don't I really don't think Tim Tadlock was even thinking about starting Bryce Bonin. I think he was just having a little fun. Yeah. I think he was, he was toying with it a little bit, and the idea uh, just placing a little bit of doubt and turning it into something. I don't think he had any any plans to start Bryce Bond in today. Okay. And I that was just kind of a thing the media was swirling around a little bit. I didn't I didn't know how much truth there was to it and you kind of just confirmed it right there who is starting today. The guy who I think you might see perhaps is Easton Morrell mm-hmm. who got I mean I think he played like uh in 8 games for for Arkansas last year. He's a kid out of Prosper, Texas. Barely played as a freshman. Uh but as Texas Tech in the last month, made a switch uh, on the infield. They moved Josh uh, Josh Young, Josh Young. I'm sorry, uh, who's their uh, their dude, their eighth round, their eighth overall pick of the draft, and the Big Twelve Player of the Year. They moved him from third base to shortstop, and have had a little bit of a rotation over at third base, of which Morrell has been part of that rotation. He's gotten a couple of the starts in the College World Series. I think he would play instead of Bryce Bonin. Over, okay. 
Yes. I want to go back to Saturday night a little bit, and I didn't get a chance to listen to you and, and Bubba's broadcast because we were at Joe's watching the game. Listen, I think Ravage and Perez and Peterson were on the call that night. Did you question it all in any period of the game that Arkansas didn't try and bunny guy over or bunny guy when he when Franklin was on third? Were, were there was there any point in time in the game where you're questioning just kind of the the hitting decisions that DBH was calling out? The only moment was the eighth inning uh, uh, after, and I wouldn't have bunted Ezel at all because Trevor has been a, a, not just a clutch hitter, but a guy that can at least move someone from second to third without a base hit, and he did that. And he did exactly that. And I don't like the idea of taking the bat out of your best hitter's hands, especially when they're on. But Casey Martin hasn't been on. And and Bubba thought, and Bubba, he said it on the broadcast, that he thought that, that was a good moment for a squeeze bunt. And I think it would have been a good moment. But it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen. And I, I wonder if there might have been some doubt in Dave Van Horn's mind about the base runner more than the batter at that moment because Christian Franklin earlier in the game, man, he's the only run- runner that advanced to third base. Uh, Matt Goodhart did get to third base, but Franklin made it there twice and was doubled off of third on a line drive that Matt Goodhart hit in the third inning and he should have frozen and was doubled off of third base because he didn't freeze. Uh, so, I th- And, and there have been some other, some other mistakes that Christian's made on the bases, and I wonder if Dave felt confidence more in the base runner. I think that might have been in the back of his mind. And then you're thinking, you know what, in the, in the, in the Super Regional, Casey Martin did hit a sacrifice fly, his first and only sacrifice fly of the season. And you're hope, you know, and so there was, it was a roll of the dice, and it didn't work out. You know? It doesn't mean it wasn't the right decision that Dave made. It just meant that the decision he made didn't work out. A sack bunt, a squeeze bunt, it's not a guarantee the run would have scored. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. when you look at stuff that happened after the game. You look at the in-game situations that a coach may or may not have made, and I just know that was one of the questions a lot of Arkansas fans had heading into that. Phil, heading into this game today, again, we're going to be at Joe's Grill and Cantina at work. Tommy's actually, I think, there already now getting ready for our pregame down there, and then the uh, the game actually at one. The question I have that many people have, is it as simple as them just hitting the baseball today? Was there any other fraudulent <laughs> mistakes that you were like, man, they can't do this against Texas Tech. They can't do this against Texas Tech. I feel like it's just it's as simple as hitting the ball today, right? You know, I mean, sometimes a baseball game is that simple. And, and, and Arkansas is the kind of team that I think more times than not, that's what their wins come down to, is that they just get out there and they hit the ball. And and sometimes a game isn't that simple. Uh, but I think today could be. This is, They need to take some pressure off the pitching. And the pressure is on the pitching today. And it's on the it's on the pitching in a different way than usual for the second game of a weekend, like you're wanting Connor Nolan to get out there and give you five or six innings. I don't think that's the case today. I think what, what they're what they're hoping for today is for Connor Nolan to get through the order one time, maybe three innings, and then get the bullpen involved. Um, because you have these off days. Even if you win today, uh, then you get an off day tomorrow. If you if, and then you play Wednesday against the loser of of Michigan, Florida State. You win Wednesday, you still get an off day before you play in in uh, the semifinals, and then you're going to have the games packed tightly together. Then you need to win two in a row, Friday, Saturday. If you win those two, the finals begin Monday, so you get just one day between between the rounds. So right now, you have the chance to use the length of the bullpen, which is, the, which is a strength of this bullpen, and is going to need to be for the next couple of games. Um, 
you don't have Isaiah Campbell out there now. You don't have the seven to eight inning pitcher. Yeah. You don't have the guy that can get that will right now get through a batting order three times. And sometimes the second can be a little iffy for Connor Nolan and for Patrick Wicklander. If Connor's stuff isn't down in the strike zone and if Patrick Wicklander isn't throwing strikes, they will get pulled early. And then it's up to Cole Ramage or Kevin Copps or Cody Scroggins. Those are the three you're looking at. My prediction would be Cops early today. And it's because they can give you quasi-starters innings out of the bullpen. They can give you three innings. They can give you four innings if they're on. They're going to need to be on. So with that said, take a little pressure off of the pitching staff by scoring some runs. Phil, I'll close on this. I know sometimes in society we'll look at what have you done for me lately. In sports is what have you seen most recently. And from Connor Nolan's perspective, what we've seen from him most recently is a a poor performance in a super regional at home against Ole Miss where he wasn't able to get out of two innings. That being said, I know he's had an up and down season. Typically that's what freshmen have. His highs have been really high. His lows have been really low. Why should Arkansas fans be confident that a true freshman is battling an elimination game that could send Arkansas home? Tell me reasons that Arkansas Arkansas fans should have faith in this kid. Well, I mean, a competitor's ability is one, uh, and I think he's shown that this year, and, and I think other other moments in his in his in his athletic career in high school that 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 uh, he can do something special if you need it. And they're not asking for anything special today. They're just asking for three innings. That's not special. They're asking him to throw his sinker low in the strike zone. They're asking him to throw his curveball low in the strike zone. They're asking him to be able to locate that changeup. That's not special. That's just pitching. And and if Connor can take the idea that this is just a game that he has played many times before, he'll be fine. And the other thing is, look, he didn't record an out against Vanderbilt and gave up five runs. Vanderbilt is in the College World Series. Yes, the next weekend, Nolan threw five scoreless against Mississippi State. Mississippi State is here in Omaha, too. So I've seen him do this against... I've seen him pitch well against some of the better lineups in the country. There's no reason why he can't give you three, maybe four innings today. I want to thank Randall Ford, Razorback Camper Sales, and Arkansas Scholarship Lottery uh, for providing our College World Series coverage as long as the Razorbacks are here. Uh, We will be uh, bringing you live broadcasts uh, from halftime, whether we're at T. Henry's or whether we're here at TD Ameritrade Park. Of course, John Neighbors at Leavenworth, which is one of the greater breakfast places here in Omaha. And uh, we are uh, the only radio shows, I think, right now that are uh, are here in Omaha from the state of Arkansas. Humble brag. Do you see Phil sneak, sneak that in there real quick? Nice little humble brag from Phil there. How do you like that? That's right. You're listening to the Halftime Pod, live from Omaha, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse. Jeff Taylor and his staff over at Jeff's Clubhouse has a fantastic catering service, and they can almost cater up to any size. Give them a call today at 479-308-9123, or check them out on Facebook, or visit online at theclubhousefs.com. Now back to the Halftime Pod. Let's go. Texas Tech has arrived. They are in the third base dugout. They are the home team for this game today because of a coin flip. Uh, Both Arkansas and Texas Tech were 
home losers in the first round. And so a coin flip is uh, the decider for the home team today. So the Hogs already are 0-1 today. Actually, they went 0-1 yesterday. The coin flip took place yesterday. Bill, do you have a problem with that's how the home and visiting team is determined by a coin flip? Or do you think that's just the fairest way possible? Oh, man. that's a, I'd, I'd never really thought that about about that much because where I came from in professional baseball it's always the team that was playing in their home ballpark got to be home this isn't a home ballpark so I'm, I'm really maybe you go by seating that's what you go by initially uh, and in that case Arkansas would be the home team if you went by seating uh, so maybe that's maybe that's fair. I don't know. A, a coin flip seems seems fair too. Uh, it shouldn't matter, but there is there is an advantage to being to getting that last at bat. Uh, there is also an advantage if you love uh, if you love eating uh, to take part in the fifteenth annual Thick Burger Eating Contest for a football trip of a lifetime at a local Hardee's near you. It's coming soon. You'll be going to Kansas City to see the Chiefs and the Chargers just before New Year's. Two tickets to the game with premium hotel accommodations and spending cash, plus memories that last a lifetime. Come out to a Thick Burger Challenge remote at Hardee's to get qualified, and you'll eat a Thick Burger in 90 seconds or less, and you're automatically qualified for the finals, which are Saturday, August the 17th. And even if you're not an eating contest kind of person, find someone who is, because this is a trip for two. All times will be 11 to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Dates, locations for Thick Burger Challenges will be announced shortly. Uh, all right, what a loss. More than a win, I feel, yesterday, late last night here at TD Ameritrade Park, where a lot of the Mississippi State fans, Ty, were already gone. <laughs> they, uh, What did we have for announced attendance yesterday for Game 2? 22,671. They most definitely were not still all in their seats in the ninth inning. That's why you uh, stay for the entirety of the game, Phil, well, because it, of stuff like last night. Well, and the, and Bulldog fans are going to crow or bark about their wearing their black uniforms and they have magic in the ninth inning and all of that, and maybe it's true, but where were they in the ninth inning? They were gone. Most of them were gone. The Auburn fans were still here. Uh, Bruce Pearl and Gus Malzahn were still in their seats buddy-buddying together. How did you enjoy the moment with the two of them in the broadcast booth? I'm imagining that there were probably a lot of other SEC uh, sports fans that were uh, that were puking in their soup. Yeah, Arkansas fans were not pleasantly surprised when Bruce Pearl, head coach of the Arkansas, or excuse me, Auburn men's basketball team, and Gus Malzahn of the Arkansas football team popped in on their broadcast. There was, I think, puke, uh, disgust, hatred, a lot of <laughs> a lot of different adjectives, and I don't have any ill will towards. Pearl and Malzahn. In fact, I like Gus Malzahn, and I think Bruce Pearl's a heck of a basketball coach. But, you know, Arkansas fans get If it ain't Arkansas, if it ain't Razorbacks, get them off my TV. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, I mean, a 5-4 Mississippi State win with four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, the uh, game-winning hit coming from uh, from uh, from. I think it was it was Justin Foscue, and he had been 0-4 before that ninth inning base hit. Only reason they had a chance is that uh, Tanner Burns couldn't find the strike zone his first try as a closer and uh, and Edward Julian who had who really was the he, he went this is a guy that went to from hero to goat and we don't mean greatest of all time he had hit a home run he had uh, knocked in three runs helping Auburn get the lead and had a chance to close it down with a routine bouncer to third base the tying run at second base um probably could have tagged the runner it he ran right in front of him and and i think that that threw julian off a little bit and his throw was way off and the next thing you know auburn 
is uh, is sobbing as they walk off the field. So non-baseball guy to baseball guy, what is the correct play that he should make in that situation? Did the throw to first, is that what you're taught to do? Or do you just – It's I can't call it an easy play because I never played baseball. That just seems like the obvious move is just tag the guy that's walking right in front of you, right? If he's that close to you, you can. Other, otherwise, the routine play is to throw across. That's that's what you always end up doing. You know, if you have a force play at third base, that's a much easier play. Um, there's a, a moment where potentially, you know, you might try to tag him, and he's able to lunge out of the way somehow. If you're just a little off of him, and and the next thing you know, your throw's late, and you've uh, and you screwed yourself on what should have been a routine play. So the throw across is the routine play. But then again, I mean, the runner was right in front of him. He was right there. I don't know if he would have been able to get out of out of the way of the tag. But I think the runner got in Julian's head. You saw a, a little, like, I don't know if it was a slip or a half double clutch or something, but something was funky about the way he wound up his arm, and the throw was super funky. He airmailed it, and kind of the reference I'm thinking of when you try and tag a runner out. You remember, I don't remember if this was game six or seven with A-Rod when he slapped it out of Arroyo's hand in the ALCS. You remember four <laughs> days in October? I know that yeah, the, I remember that one. I think it was game seven. That I, was I, game six. It was game six, okay. And for those who don't know what I'm referencing, when the Boston Red Sox came back 3-0 down from the Yankees, there was a point where Alex Rodriguez, I think, just hit like a routine grounder to the pitcher, and Arroyo picked it up and tried to tag him, and A-Rod slapped it out of his hands and then kept on running. Luckily, they reviewed it, and they called A-Rod out. Or not they didn't review, but they discussed amongst themselves, and they called him out. But I guess in that situation, for uh, and maybe not getting the ball slapped out of your hand, but the idea, we saw it from Casey Martin with the Florida State guy, how he, he he's not sprained his wrist, but he looked like he hurt his wrist just trying to tag the guy out. I guess that's always worrisome if you're an infielder, regardless of who you play for, that that could happen and you could lose the ball and then knock it out. Agreed. It was uh, it was a funky play, and it was uh, so just the second walk-off victory in the last like six or seven years in the College World Series, both of them occurring on the same day, one year after the other, by the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'm sure wearing those black uniforms, too, and maybe even munching on a banana. So Michigan beat Texas Tech. You had Vanderbilt. They beat what Louisville three one three to one. Yeah, and then Mississippi State advanced over Auburn. So, so you've got you've got the favorites playing in the one zero game on the other side of the bracket tomorrow night. Uh, Vanderbilt uh, versus Mississippi State. That'll be a, a tremendous baseball game. And uh, and then the and then on this side uh, of the bracket later tonight you get the quote unquote two Cinderellas of which you're not a Cinderella anymore if you're playing in a one zero game in the College World Series I'm sorry you're just not uh, and and that ought to be a good one too I hope I'm sticking around to watch it because if Arkansas were to lose this one against Texas Tech I'm going to pack this stuff up I'm going to I'm going to go pick up the equipment at T Henry's I'm going to get back to the hotel and I'm just going to go right to sleep as I think everybody else will feel like doing the exact same thing. I can't disagree with you there. There's going to be a lot of life sucked out if that were to happen, but let's let's hope it doesn't. We'll cross our fingers. I'm not going to be a cheerleader, but I'm going to tell you, special things can still happen. Just got to take care of one thing at a time. This is the Halftime Pod, live from the College World Series, presented by Jeff's Clubhouse.